Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to what's definitely not episode two of the Bench Units podcast, but we are calling episode two because we have successfully made another effort to strike it. Well, not another effort to strike out on our own because that would sound like we'd already ditched the previous premise. But Bench Units, the actual thing as run by me and James, is now on episode two, which I think is a milestone neither of us ever expected us to hit. So here we are. What a wild 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome to episode two. Um, we've actually got a bit of feedback on episode one, which is quite exciting. So if you listen to that, thanks very much for caring. If you listened to it and didn't give us any feedback, come on, get on board. <laughs> um, and if you didn't listen to it and you've listened to episode two, definitely start from the start. You're weirdo. So <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Although to be fair, what podcasts ever like, of all the podcasts we probably listen to between us, I doubt I bet there's very few of them we've started from episode one. So maybe we shouldn't be encouraging people to only. It's like yeah. like when you want to watch Game of Thrones, but I've never got around to watching it because I'm like I'm not starting from season one and watching all the way to the end of season seventeen or whatever there is. Yeah, I watched the first episode and was like, nah, it's not for me, and then went back and fully, fully got into it. At one point, it was, it was great, but. There's one podcast I listen to that's so weird that he's like, hey, if you listen to this as your first one, you're going to think it's completely insane. So please go back to the start. <laughs> or every so often he's like, no, this one's actually grand. Like this will do. If you want to listen to this as a first one, this is quite, quite nice and introductory. Fair but enough. anyway, what are we doing today, Mark? So uh, this episode has come about because we pay for three hours of hosted podcast time per month through Buzzsprout. And with the previous two episodes we've uploaded, we've burned two hours and seven minutes. So we had 53 minutes to kill. We now have 50 minutes to kill because we've rambled for three minutes. And the trade deadline in the NBA is coming up on Thursday. There's been a couple of trades go down already. And we're going to either fill in the blanks of what we think might happen or just get fictional and talk about stuff we would like to happen that probably won't so yeah sure. we, we got 50 minutes to kill on this okay so in terms of trades that have already happened that are in any way interesting um we kind of addressed pj talker to the bucks in the last podcast right yes i also just said another is going to go to the bug bucks and that hasn't happened yet thank god no um so it's just another warm body to play actual minutes instead of Brooke Lopez and Dante DiVincenzo and uh, Pat Connaughton. I was like, who's the other, who's the <laughs> other NBA player they have? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what else? Blake um, Griffin? First Blake two Griffin. Points the net was a dunk. Yeah. It's people are like already on the Blake Griffin Renaissance hype train. And it's, I, don't see it. There'll be games where he gets like six dunks because people don't have enough good defenders to defend the Nets. Three good players, but yeah, yeah, it was against Washington. So I think Washington's one of those cases where like every point scored by a role player is actually like 0.65 of a real career point. I don't think they should count <laughs> the same. Um, no, but yeah, uh, Blake Griffin's happened. Trevor Ariza to Miami. Who Trevor Ariza's been out for like probably over a year at this point because he didn't play in the bubble with Portland and yeah. he's come back. He looks fine. Doesn't seem to have aged at all. His hair is longer. So he's obviously just been chilling in his time off. Um, but yeah, he seems to be the Jay Crowder replacement. Yeah. That's the thing with Miami. Um, they're trying to not replace Jay Crowder, but they're trying to replace a season where Jay Crowder just didn't miss a three. So like, <laughs> People are incorrectly being like, we need someone about as good as Jay Crowder. It was like, no, Jay Crowder was way good, way, way better than Jay Crowder is last year. <laughs> like, that's not like you you really need like I don't know who shoots the same percentage as he seemed to last year. You're looking for like Clay Thompson, three point shooter <laughs> to replace Jay Crowder from last year. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. Like Trevor Ariza is a good replacement for Jay Crowder, but like not, not for, last year. Not like that was just an average. Yeah, not for the addition of Jay Crowder that we saw. But it's it's funny because um, Trevor Ariza is like probably the single, if you had to point to a prototype for what the 3 and D guys meant to do, he was probably the obvious guy who came along first. Um, yeah, like a real 3.5. Yeah, especially considering that he was 
like 46th pick in the draft in his year or whatever he was. And he was just brought in because I think he was with the Knicks originally. And they were like, oh, we'll just bring him in. He isn't a high value pick, but he can fill a spot. And that's basically what every 3 and D guy is now. So Crowder yeah. was like a souped up version of that for a few months. And they're like, well, we're not getting that back. We may as well go back to the source of all 3 and D people ever and see what he's got in the tank. Yeah, Trevor's fine. Like, he'll be good for them. And it means they have to play less, like Kelly Olenek, Bam yeah. <laughs> Adebayo lineups. Like, the, the idealized version of them is like Bam at the five, and they can actually do that a little bit more now. Because um, yeah. if not, you're trying to play Tyler Hare, Duncan Robinson, and Kelly Olenek at the same time, and you're not going to stop anyone. Since yeah. they've made that trade the last couple of games, they're like third in the league in defense. Yeah. So you just get one more guy that can actually stay in front of people and hit some shots. And, and as we alluded to, as we alluded to last time, Trevor Ariza getting to Miami means that Myers Leonard is out of there. So that's fine with yeah, everyone. He's one step closer to Europe. Like I think <laughs> he got traded to OKC, and they were like, "Don't move house. It's fine. Like we just that's we'll let, we'll let you know when we're, where you're going." What's it say on? I don't know quite how to contextualize this, but what's it say on a the volume, the kind of magnitude of the mistake you made? Or B, how good of a player you are not being able to outshine that considering you got traded to a team where their starting center has been Isaiah Roby for the whole season. Yeah, and like, they're like, hey, don't worry about it. Just chill and we'll get rid of you. Yeah, and it's like that team's trying to be bad. So it's like if you're not being asked for your services, that's either that you're too good, which is not true, <laughs> or that they're like, hey, we're trying to be bad. But Myers Leonard, you just stay there because you can take your anti-Semitism and you can bring it to somewhere else, which I, I respect. I respect OKC being like, no, we don't want that here. But it's also like when Miami banned him or sorry, suspended him for a week, I was like, that's super soft. Like you need to do something harder. And then they just got rid of it, which was <laughs> cool. Like they, like they were just like, oh, oh, that's not enough. Is it? All right. See you. But talking yeah. about the heat, do you want to talk about potential Kyle Lowry landing spots? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I read about this in detail for the first time today. I would really enjoy it, but I don't see it happening because the salaries would be nuts and I don't see who the Raptors get back um, that's worth it. Apparently, the Raptors said they wanted Tyler Hero and I think Tyler Hero, as of right now, is overrated. But... Mm -hmm. I don't think Miami are going to swap him out for potentially. Well, I think Kyle Lowry would resign if he landed in Miami, but yeah. I don't think they're trading the future away. Um, considering that Jimmy's kind of the Kyle Lowry is obviously Jimmy's guy, and Jimmy actually doesn't suit the timeline of Miami that much. Considering that when Jimmy's kind of moved on, they'll still have Hero, Bam, Duncan Robinson, and. Pr whatever precious Joe turns out to be yeah i don't know um because like it depends if you think all those guys are going to stick around like um duncan robinson is two years left on his deal doesn't he uh yeah but duncan robinson i don't think is particularly great anywhere outside of miami or unless he lands on whatever the newest edition of the warriors is um no, but also, like, if you look at, like, who's equivalent to that and what they're getting paid for, yeah. what they're getting paid, like, Joe Harris got, like, 57 million for however many years. Like, it was more than that, 75 for four, I think. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. Batans was 80 for five, wasn't he? And that, yeah, yeah. You're talking about guys that can run around and hit shots and kind of not really play defense. Like, that's what you're looking at, and which is fine, but it's just, like, I think you're going to see some people getting traded because from teams that don't want to pay them. And I'm not sure that that's what Miami were doing, but if they really want in on Kyle Lowry and they can also maybe get away with not throwing money at someone, yeah. I don't think it's worth it, but they might. And also so I find out when looking into this stuff that him and Jimmy Butler are good friends, which I yeah. really like. Um, like that's a fun one. I did not know that. I love I, finding out that random NBA players are good friends. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I always find it. I like finding out those guys are friends, but those guys also seem so feisty that I am. I can't imagine them being friends because I feel like they would just fall out about every small thing. 
Like, can you imagine those guys just playing 2K together? <laughs> it would like devolve into a fist fight within minutes. Yeah, just controllers <laughs> through TV screens yeah. all the time. But um, but like, apparently Kyle Arby wants to go there. And I think that's the other thing. People, I've heard people talking about it. And it's either like, oh, the Raptors might kind of honor his request because he's been good to them. And then the other thing is like, Masai Ujiri is far too good at his job to care about that stuff. Like, yeah. he's going to try his best, but he's also going to do his job. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think the Toronto thing is interesting because Masai is, as well as being really good at getting the most out of things, is, seems to be the artist of knowing when to kind of tear it down or, you know, pick it for parts. And yeah. I wonder... Who, good, so it might be not. Yeah, exactly. I wonder who in Toronto is actually worth keeping around for the long term because... I think if we'd asked that question like a year ago, people would have said Pascal Siakam, but I don't even know if opinion on him is high enough right now that Toronto would want to say he's part of the future for definite. Um, I think he is because they've overpaid him and that's hard to get rid of. Like He's in one of those places where he's just kind of artificially a max contract because he's like max guy and he's the best they've got. So they're like, eh, which is just tough because like, I think you're sealing with, Pascal Siakam is your best player is not not very high. No. Um, but you probably keep him vibe, keep OG Ananobi around, maybe Norm Powell. Um Van Vliet, obviously you've paid a lot of money to, so he's sticking yeah. around. And yeah. he was nearly an all-star this year. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I think the um the Van Vliet and Siakam and the OG core is kind of fine. I just don't see Trading Lowry to Miami, I don't see what you get back that makes you feel any better about going forward with that group unless you get Tyler Hero, which, as we've said, probably isn't going to happen. No. Um, but, like, Toronto haven't really seen the need to completely bottom out. They just kind of kind of pivot and yeah. try and be fine and end up fourth in the conference and then stay in a position where you could swing for a trade at some point and get better. Like, they weren't... They weren't great before Kawhi randomly wanted out, so maybe yeah. they. No, like, that's that's you fair. Could stay, you could stay that good ish. They're pretty good, like, but. I yeah, know. I think that they're kind of the they're almost like the poster boy for this trade deadline, just because they seem to be like one move away from establishing a clear direction, but that move doesn't seem to be there. And I feel like there's a ton of teams that are in kind of the same boat in terms of like Denver and uh, I think you could say Miami to some extent, Philly. And then even like Orlando is like people seem to want to pick their roster apart for random guys, which is weird because if they have that many good players, it's strange that they aren't good. Yeah. But yeah, I think... I think the um, the more intriguing one with the Raptors is Norman Powell, who prior to the PJ Tucker trade, which kind of maxed the Bucks out on what they're going to do, I think I would have said Norman Powell was like the best shooting guard fit for the Bucks in place of DiVincenzo, yeah. but I don't see how Milwaukee gets that done now. Yeah, that's tough. Milwaukee don't really have anything to give. There's like, there's, yeah. that's kind of a thing with a lot of good teams that are missing one piece, but like a piece that will actually take them over the top is not really attainable. Like I, I think it's the same with the Clippers where it's like, we'll talk about it later probably, but it's like, man, if the Clippers could get Lonzo and they're like, but they, yeah. they can. So, so yeah, it's fine. They could give up um, Luke Kennard seeing as they paid him 64 million to be out of the rotation completely. Yeah, the money works, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let, let's pivot to Lonzo then, seeing as we mentioned him, because I, I have a feeling now that we've been through a couple of teams, we're gonna this is gonna be the recurring theme of the podcast. It's like, well, this team could do this, but ultimately don't have anything to trade for him. So next. Um but yeah, Lonzo is apparently rumored to be heading to the Atlanta Hawks in exchange for Cam Reddish, I read which I don't mind for either team. I would have thought New Orleans would have been after John Collins because he seems like a good front court fit with Zion. But uh, yeah, can Twitter uh, handle the Lonzo and Trey backcourt? I feel like it would just be a topic of discussion on a relentless basis. I think 
Lonzo's turned into like, it's weird because he's a very nice, I think he's a very nice fit where he is right now and sort of like a can push the ball in transition, but in the half court, he'll like let people, namely Zion and Ingram, do whatever they want and he'll spot up and hit 40% of his spot ups, which is like a really nice thing for him to turn into considering he came into the league as this guy who could like do everything with the ball except put it in the hole. Yeah. And now he's like, kind of find his niche is like a really really useful three and d like he's a really good defender as well but like i just think he's going to be one of those guys that they don't want to pay enough because yeah. maybe it doesn't quite line up with ingram and zion yeah so, i don't know like, he's not good enough to be a second guy around zion considering what zion needs yeah and i think if he was in the say if he was the exact same fit on a team with a different kind of timeline I think it would make sense to pay him, but I don't see why New Orleans would keep him around considering they've got guards in their last two drafts since their uh, management change because they got Alexander Walker and Kyra Lewis and they still have like a million draft picks courtesy of the Lakers trade. So I don't see why you would spend huge money on a guy who doesn't quite... like. This core is okay, but they're not winning a lot of games. So it seems weird to max this guy out potentially yeah. when you've got a million more yeah. draft picks to spend. That's the thing. Yeah. So it seems like the best thing yeah, to do is clear, flip the, him. clear the room for one of those guys to be great. Yeah. And yeah. I, I also think. But then do you want. Sorry, go ahead. Like, then do you want players back? Like, or do you want picks? Um, I don't know. I, like, if you want to just clear the space. I think either of the guys that Atlanta could get, sorry, that New Orleans could get from Atlanta make more sense because Collins, you can grab him. And I think he's worth extending because he fits with Zion. Whereas I don't think Lonzo is as worth extending. And Cam Reddish, if you flip Lonzo for him, is a rookie deal for a rookie deal. But Cam Reddish is on a rookie deal for two more years. And I also don't think... Yeah, that makes a difference. Yeah, I also don't think having, you know... If you want to play some Zion at center lineups, which they will do at some point, I think Zion and Ingram and Cam Reddish is a pretty good front court. But yeah, I don't know. I think um, I don't think Lonzo will get moved because I don't see the Lonzo and Trey Young thing work. Not not working, but they already got Bogdanovich for a load of money in free agency, and it seems weird to trade for Lonzo to be your backup point guard if he wants a big contract extension. Yeah, although I've heard they could move Bogdanovich for him instead and keep Collins, which might be interesting. I've also heard Lonzo to Chicago buzz, which would be fine, but I just I don't want a player I like to go somewhere I don't care about, because then I'd have to watch (laughs) Chicago and I kind of tune in every so often. You're like, wow, Zach Levine's doing some fun stuff. But yeah, I um, it's funny you say that though, because I actually think that Chicago's kind of current core of their young guys has more potential than Atlanta's. I just don't buy. I don't buy any playoff team built around Trey Young. Is probably my biggest holdup with Atlanta. But yeah, I think the Lonzo the Lonzo to Chicago thing. I don't. I see that happening potentially more than the Atlanta one, but it seems a weird fit considering they've just shuffled their starting lineup and everything like that. They seem to be relatively content with what they've got going on. And I don't know what they would give back for Lonzo that New Orleans would care about a huge amount. Yeah. Um, Last Atlanta thing, I heard some weird um, Bogdanovich and... um, Collins for Marcus Smart and some other stuff trades and I don't know like that'd be fine for maybe both teams but like Boston need to do something but I don't think getting rid of your third best player is (laughs) I am like Bogdanovich would be cool for them and Collins would be pretty fun for them but it's like having like having par forwards and centers isn't the real yeah. thing. And then also you trade for John Collins. He just said no to four years at 90 million. Like he wants 25 million a year. Yeah. Like you're not giving up Marcus Smart for Bogdanovich. And no, and you, you're not. Because 
you're not paying Collins that contract while you're paying Kemba a max as well. And Kemba is sorely underachieving this year. So it's like, do you really want... Obviously, Jalen and Jason deserve whatever contracts they've been paid at the time. But bringing Collins in to then boost his money a huge amount when you've got some dead money in Kemba seems like a recipe for disaster. And also, Smart's been out for like... Was he out four weeks, five weeks? Yeah. The Celtics sucked the entire time he was out, so this would be a terrible time for Danny Ainge to finally decide to pull the trigger after 13 years of waiting. But hey, we've been terrible yeah, like with this guy out. Now he's back. Let's trade him and get rid of all our heart and soul that everyone else seems to be lacking. Yeah, like you don't ever get, you don't ever really get such definitive proof that like, oh, this guy that's kind of not, really a traditional stats guy like this guy who does the intangible stuff a lot like he's gotten way better as a shooter and as yeah. a passer and he's a brilliant defender but it's like this guy is like i don't know how to quantify the effect he has on our winning oh let's take him away for a month and lose a load of games <laughs> all right there you go like yeah yeah measuring someone's value like they have that wins added stat yeah um that's one of the advanced metrics that i don't know the formula behind but it's like you don't really need the wins added stat if all you want to measure is when this guy doesn't play we're bad and when he comes back we seem to be all right again yeah but yeah so boston just beat orlando who we touched on a second ago who oh look at the segways i know well you know we're doing our own thing now we've got to um got to be professional and it's probably less professional when we pat ourselves on the back for our segues midway through talking but um the brand yeah um, yeah orlando apparently are wanting to ship aaron gordon who has been chronically underwhelming for about as long as i can remember him being a person i don't know how long he's been in the league it feels like forever but that might just be because i've been waiting for him to get better um yeah yeah uh, they want to get rid of him apparently he was on his way to Houston and the deal fell through a couple of days ago. And literally today, since the deal fell through, he's now asked for a trade, which seems slightly like someone being uninvited from a birthday party and then telling them that they didn't want to come anyway. But yeah, I think there's some talk about him going to Denver, which I think would be really cool. And if anyone can just get him to do what he's good at, it's probably Jokic. Yeah, I although his ability to go and catch any pass is sorely going to be underused there because <laughs> Yogi will never make him reach for anything. So I think he's going to be like, "Hey, please throw it a little bit out of my pocket so I can go and get it and make some money on top shot." <laughs> exactly. It would be like um, it would be like if you had Doctor Octopus and you just insisted on putting everything in his human hands all the time. You'd be like, "Well, this is a real waste." But, um. Yeah, I don't know. I quite like it. I like the idea of being able to roll out um, Gordon and MPJ at once because that's a massive pair of wings to put out. And Will Barton seems to be able to play any position right now. This is like a little underrated storyline that's going on, but they went from playing him at shooting guard to playing him at small forward. And then they play a weird second unit where they play... Isaiah Hartenstein and four guards and Barton seems to be anywhere from power forward to point guard on that one. So he's just has gone from being non-existent in the bubble to being like a mini Draymond Green for Denver, which is nuts. Um, But yeah, I would like the Aaron Gordon to Denver thing. I really hope it gets done, but I think Denver are one of those teams that's confident enough that they say, we're just going to stand pat and see what we've got. Which is tough because they've got like another year and then they're going to pay a hundred million to Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Like that's, yeah, that's rough. Like that's good, but I don't know if it gets you there at any point. So like unless Michael Porter Jr. like bulks up and can be the sort of six foot eight to six foot 10 strong, quick, guy that you need to be able to throw the ball to to win a championship apparently yeah. like the i'm not sure how true wing. that actually is but like you need you seem to need a wing scorer and maybe you don't the way the nba is going like it's got smaller and now it's got bigger and the sort of but like throughout all of this like it's like steph was the most efficient player on offense like 
ever maybe for two years yeah. and then apart from that even in there it's been like you need someone a small yeah. forward but um talking about golden state you could have aaron gordon in portland as the sort of like if draymond green could get off the floor which would be fun <laughs> like that's the thing i've been seeing and or actually the golden state for actual draymond role but yeah um i don't think they'd do that to draymond i think they love what he does but Aaron Gordon being surrounded by competent players and good shooting and a good coach would be a lot of fun. Like playing some sort of TJ McCollum, Dame Lillard, Aaron Gordon. I don't even know who else. Get Lamarcus Aldridge there. Like, <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. The last thing they need is another backup center who can't defend. See, I've, I've heard the Aaron Gordon to Portland thing a couple of times now and I think a similar thing came around last year but I was fully on board with it last year because I've always thought Dame needs somebody Draymond like like a front court creator but this year my question is how much better is Aaron Gordon than Derek Jones Jr and it sounds weird to say because he was a lottery pick but is it like what's the upgrade from Jones Jr to Aaron Gordon um because I, I think yeah, good point. I think the answer is not huge, which no. seems seems kind of mad. Might be slightly bigger. Might be able to get off the floor slightly more. Um, Do you reckon Port- Portland are like, hey, let's just get Aaron Gordon in here, and we can watch these guys have dunk contests in practice? Yeah, they want to win the dunk contest next year, so there's <laughs> something to bring home. Um, they've decided to monopolize the All Star Weekend. Dame's going to win the MVP, and they're going to win the dunk contest one way or another. I don't know. Like, I think he's a better player. Like, I think he's a better scorer. Mm, yeah, I think but, he is. And it's I, like, Derek Jones Jr. might be maybe a little bit worse than Aaron Gordon, and he's already had the benefit of playing in Portland, whereas Aaron Gordon hasn't had the benefit of playing with a good team ever. So, <laughs> hey, like, he was I, a- think, I think he's worth giving a go. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I was thinking about how they could, how Portland could try and land him, and doesn't everything about Zach Collins just screams guy with some potential who's destined to waste away in Orlando for an indefinite number of years? Yeah, except yeah. for he could shoot the ball a little bit too much for someone <laughs> to play in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was thinking about this because I was thinking if Orlando got rid of some of their guys, they could end up in the you know they would have a real chance for the number one seed if they bottomed out badly enough and i just wonder if they would shy away from drafting Cade cunningham because he's like a 610 guy who can actually shoot they'd be like oh no 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 no. this isn't how it works (laughs) we're sure of that yeah i i just i i don't know like i don't trust them in the number one spot well no the number one spot's kind of no-brainer this year yeah Um, cut and dry i think i think the other things I've seen for Gordon are like Minnesota and Houston. And imagine finally making out of Orlando and getting to two other teams that don't care. Yeah. Just... <laughs> and that no one cares about. Like yeah. two teams that aren't trying to win. Well, no, Minnesota are trying to win. And it's really funny that like they're the two worst teams in the league. And it's like Houston are trying to lose and they've lost 20 in a row. Yeah, but they are good at that. <laughs> There's no argument. <laughs> they've lost 20 in a row and they're still better than the Timberwolves who it's, aren't even trying to be bad. <laughs> it's embarrassing, man. Um, have, have you watched the Timberwolves game at any point this year? No. See, I, not. I watched them twice because I ended up, they had one uh, back-to-back with the Nuggets. Um and it was the f- when Denver had just tweaked the rotation to give uh, Campazzo some real run. Mm-hmm. So I ended up watching because I wanted to see what he was up to. And you watch Minnesota and you're like, the role players are good. They have like Beasley, um, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Hernan Gomez. They have like probably four or five good role players. Anthony Edwards is uh, like early Jason Richardson, who also never really amounted to anything particularly good other than being able to dunk. Um, yeah. Oh, no, he's like, he's had a couple of big games already. Like, he had that 42 the other day when he was like... Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. he, he's got some potential, but I think he's destined to be 
kind of Jason Richardson level of like, hey, this guy's all right. He'll probably bounce around a load of teams who are convinced they'll be able to do something useful with yeah. him. I think his shot isn't like broken enough that it can't be good is the thing. Like yeah. normally the guys that can like run and jump and can't shoot come in, you're like, oh, that's ugly. We need to completely overhaul this. But I don't think that is. No, I don't. But that said, he's got some potential. I don't rate D'Angelo Russell. Nope. I've always thought Towns is very much given the kind of, oh, this guy's the next offensive center in the league. And it's like, well, Nikola Vucevic is better than him every year. And <laughs> that's troubling. Like, I don't know. I, the Timberwolves are just awful. They're so bad that they, like, look at the Thunder who deliberately tried to be the best, sorry, be the worst team in the league all year by trading away all their players. And the Timberwolves added players and are worse. They're like they're getting the inverse value of what they're paying guys for. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Anyway, and like the Carl Anthony Towns thing is obviously like he's had a weird year. He's like caught COVID and had a load of relatives die from it and stuff. And yeah. there are individual moments of like, wow, this guy is a complete freak. Like this guy is, this guy is as unstoppable with the ball in his hands as like a Jokic or Embiid for like little periods of time. Yeah, like, it, just like you look at those two names I've just named, and they're like maybe apart, like before before the injuries, like they were maybe like first, second, or third in MVP yeah. rankings. Like, yeah, I I just I don't buy it with Towns. I he's had a tough year this year, and I so I don't judge harshly on what he's done this year because I think this year has been tough for everybody, especially him. However. DeAndre Ayton's never had a statistical year anything like Towns has had. And I think if I had to pick a big to go forward with, I would take Ayton over Towns. Maybe that's a hot take. Ooh, wow. So do it that, that way. Do it that way. Well, we've spent far too long on Minnesota already. They don't deserve Ooh, this. Yeah. Right. Who's up next? Should we go Andre Drummond? Uh, yeah. Um, what have you got? Um, he is kind of weird in terms of being massively overpaid and also probably slightly underrated at this point because everyone just loves to bag on him whenever they get a chance. I yeah. think he's probably a starting center on an okay team, but there's such a hard, hard ceiling on anything you do when you're paying him that amount of money. So I don't see anyone trading for him. There was rumors... Yeah. There was rumors of the um, Mavericks being in trade talks, and I, I was literally dreading Ben messaging me at any point. I was trying to find, trying to create like a blocking app that I could install on Ben's phone or laptop that wouldn't let him know those trade talks were going on. Um, yeah, I just don't see it. Apparently, the Lakers are interested because Frank Vogel loves just having twelve bigs on his roster at any time and never playing Anthony Davis at center until it actually matters. But I think if you had Andre Drummond playing any minutes, it would very quickly encourage you to play Davis at center more. So maybe that's that might a good be, thing. Yeah, that might be the move. Like, <laughs> see what you actually had the whole time. I do think, yeah, just like, it's paid too much. I think him and Aldridge, we talked about just like being paid too much for teams to want to trade for him. Because yeah. like, they uh, the Spurs announced that Aldridge was, they were going to look for trade opportunities a couple of weeks ago now, and just everyone's like, no, just buy him out and we'll yeah. get him for free. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to give you money to have this, or sorry, not money, uh, picks to have this guy hanging around for the end of the season. Like, it's not, I don't think, like Aldridge, obviously, I think more so than Drummond might make your team slightly better for a yeah. little bit. But I just, I don't see either team. Like, I think both of those guys were people I was looking forward to talking about as a way to illustrate the fact that just there are teams that are like, nah, I'll just yeah. wait for you to buy them out because they're the sort of guys that will be in buyouts as like because it's weird now because there's more teams that can make the playoffs because it's the top 10 go into the play in tournament. Obviously, like the buyout market has shrunk, yeah, sure, in, a, in some ways. So, like, guys that you might previously have traded for because you like didn't think they were going to get bought out. Like, no, you're just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Like some people have to get bought out and these other guys like 
will will be fine. Like because you know that they're actually on teams that are bad enough that they aren't going to make it in Drummond's case or yeah. in Spurs' yeah. case. You just know that it's been quiet for two weeks. Like, yeah, exactly that. I just I wonder with the Drummond thing. I see a real scenario where he ends up bought out. A contender scoops him up, and then within like three games, he's just not playing anymore. I just yeah. like it. The I think the easiest way to describe guys like this is when was the last time somebody came into the NBA who drew an Andre Drummond comparison or a Lamarcus Aldridge comparison? Those guys don't come into the yeah, NBA. Yeah, they just anymore. don't. Oh, Lamarcus, like I could maybe see slightly more. Like he can at least stand outside the charge circle yeah. and like hit a shot but like Andre Drummond you put him in on offense and he's walking around like Charles Barkley in Space Jam when he tries <laughs> to play with those kids yeah. on that outdoor basketball court and he just can't play basketball and we're just kind of walking around with his hands up like yeah. no, no, I, no one's giving you the ball sir yeah my um I only thought about this earlier today my favorite Aldridge fit by a mile is Philly if they're able to make it happen because Ooh. I don't like them playing Dwight Howard well, I don't I don't like them playing Dwight Howard in general. I especially don't like it when MB doesn't play and they go Dwight Howard and Ben Simmons together. And yeah, I think Aldridge might be he doesn't have a huge amount of value anymore because he can't defend and isn't mobile enough. But if he has any role, it would seem to be kind of space in the floor for Ben Simmons would be pretty cool. But yeah, I've, and also like if you're worried about sort of defense if your second lineup still involves ben simmons and matisse thibault you're probably going to be able to stay in front of people so like obviously rim protection is the number one most important thing but like ben simmons and thibault in terms of being able to stay in front of people and come over and help and block shots like but bad rim protection is only the most important thing because it's widely accepted that you're not going to be able to put out perimeter defenders who can stop guys getting like across your whole perimeter. You're not going to be able mm-hmm. to stop guys getting through him. Whereas uh, you can imagine like some Philly games, especially when if it's like blowout time or whatever, um, or they're shorthanded in their rotation, they play uh, Vincent Poirier, the French guy. Yeah. And there's like when he's out there with like Simmons, Tybal, Danny Green, and Shake Milton, for example, and it's literally like stretches of the game where he's just stood it, stood in the paint, being like, well, you know, someone will be along any minute now. I'm sure I'll, I'll have to stop something. But he just stands there because they've got everything contained. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he literally like Thibault does this thing, and like I love it so much because it's like if you're coming over a pick, the best thing you can do is like get all the way over it in NBA basketball. Get all the way over it and kind of trail the guy yeah. with the sort of hope that you'll force him all the way to the basket. And he'll meet your center. But Thibault will do this thing where he like comes over it, like gets through the screen over the top, kind of hangs back enough for you to pull up and then just takes yeah. it off. <laughs> like trails it like a four five trail and a one in wheelchair yeah. basketball, just being like, you're gonna shoot this and I'm gonna just slam it off yeah. the baseline. Like really- and it's incredible because he's not even massive or anything yeah. he's just like i, I think people people smart really good hands like people forget as well because of the way he defends but he's 22 which is the maddest thing he defends like the craftiest oldest guy in the league he yeah he defends like tim duncan when he realized he was too slow to stop guys so he would just let them go past him and then block him but it's like yeah. a 6-3 guy playing like a seven foot yeah he's yeah. kind of got that like he's reaching that sort of and I'd hate I, I hate to say this, but he's like not as good as Kawhi was back in the day. But he's yeah. reaching that thing of like you, you don't want to come near him with the ball. Like yeah. Kawhi had this point, this thing at some point where like all star players wouldn't dribble near him because they're like twice a game. You're just gonna take this off me. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't need this on like, my low light reel. Yeah, like when you're just like when you're like looking after a toddler and you're like, what have you got in your hand? Give me that. <laughs> Um, what well, this is a complete tangent because we mentioned Thibel, but can can you start Matisse Thibel and Dejounte Murray as your starting guards and put out a front court that's good enough offensively to make that lineup work? Uh, yeah, I think Dejounte Murray is quite good. Um, Thibel, man, if Thibel learns how to shoot, um, yeah, 
I just think he's cool as well. He did those blogs in the bubble, which were really cool. And yeah. he seems like quite a like nice, thoughtful young guy. And his name's re- his name's really cool as well. And yeah, those are cool, man. Just love, just love guard defense in the NBA because it's mostly just, hey, I have to force this guy this way so that the people who have impact can have impact. Yeah. But he's just like every so often like, nope, you're not going that way. Nope, you're not going that way. All right, put a shot up, see what happens. Bam! Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what that lineup would be, but I feel like those those guys with Jokic and whoever else, I don't know, but it'd be awesome. Jokic is probably too weak of a defender to put out there, but maybe if they can, um, just, if they're just like a roving force field and they can stop anyone ever going near Jokic, it might work. Yeah, just being like, don't worry, they won't get there. It's fine, and like Thibault wouldn't need to shoot threes because he'd be like, just just run to the rim, like I'll find you. Yeah. I'll put the ball where it needs to go. Go get it and take a layup. Yeah, that would be awesome. We should try and engineer that trade somehow. Um, yeah, let's get on 2K. That'll be fun. <laughs> um, right, we kind of touched on the Clippers when we started off. They feel really incomplete when you watch them, as you would expect when a team rolls out Reggie Jackson as the first replacement for an injury. Um, they... Yeah, they just feel like they need something and it doesn't feel like it's there for them to take. I don't know it, what I don't know what the avenue is. They're the team that when I was talking about earlier when they're just like what they need, they can't afford. Like Lonzo would be amazing for them, like a guy that yeah. can because they need like their options at point guard are either Pat Beverly who can play defense or Lou Williams who can score one-on-one. Yeah, or Reggie, Jack- matters. or Reggie Jackson, who can shoot one on one. Yeah, Reggie Jackson, who's kind of worse at both. Like, he's, <laughs> like he's a better defender than Lou Williams in uh, Lou Williams is, and he might be better on offense than Pat Beverly, maybe. But like, not yeah. like overall, he's not as good as either of them. But it's just like Lonzo would be perfect because you don't really you need someone who can like maybe manage things and get you into something that's better than like a weird Kawhi fadeaway because yeah. that's kind of been their problem. Like they've broken down in late games recently because they're just expecting their two main guys to get whatever they want. And they kind of should be able to, but like, I think that's the thing with throwing you the ball to a superstar at the end of the game. It's just like, Oh, if the shot goes in, we win. If it doesn't, we lose. And that's yeah. always the case. But like, obviously one of the more conventional ways to get better looks is having a point guard on the floor that can maybe run some stuff. Yeah. See, I, I don't get, we kind of had a laugh about Luke Kennard being out of the rotation, but he, see, they don't really have to play a point guard because they're, that's what they've gotten away with is the fact that their two wings are like their primary ball handlers. But Kennard just seems like such a better guy to make something happen on the offense. Like if he's, you never see Pat Beverly like running around screens off the ball, even though he can knock shots down to some extent. Lou Williams only really plays offense with the ball in his hand. You feel like you could create some offense with Kennard off the ball, but that yeah. isn't going to work if they don't play him. No. And it's like the thing is, they're wanting to go down the stretch with like a back at the five, their two main players. Why then? Paul George, obviously, yeah. and then they want to go like Marcus Morris, who will hit some shots and miss some shots, yeah. Or, or they're throwing the ball to Nick Batum, who might have been like the worst player in the league last year for how much he, he was getting paid, and I know he was he's a, obviously not getting. I'm say huh? he was only pretending to be the worst player in the league. Yeah, obviously he's not getting paid that much anymore. So like the comparative amount he gets paid is not not a big shock and like he gets paid like in comparison to what he produces isn't a big shock anymore and also like pay someone a hundred million like yeah. if you can if they're gonna hit a three when it matters in game seven of the finals like yeah. their salary doesn't technically matter there but like yeah i just don't like i was listening to a podcast the other week and they were saying like i don't believe that nick Batum won't hit the side of the backboard on a corner three if it matters like and he's like yeah. a pretty good shooter like yeah no, he, like yeah he's a good player overall but he's put it this way if the other 
if you're playing game seven of the finals and the other team's scrambling to shut down your three to win the game and it goes from Kawhi to Paul George, they're like, okay, we'll take that. And then Paul George swings it to Nick Batum. You're like, okay, I'm going to stop rotating now. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, he's the guy that has the ball on like the wing three point shot. And there's a guy open in the corner and you sprint to the corner instead. Yeah. The pass doesn't go there, but it's like every player has that. I mean, every good team has one yeah. of those guys. It's just like the jazz has Joe Ingles there instead. Who yeah, will hit sure. Three. Like, um, I don't know. It's not like it's not going to solve all their problems to get someone who can like move the ball and hit spot up. Yeah. No, for, like it, it'll make it a little better. For me, the um, the only the kind of saving move for the Clippers would be if the Thunder just decided that they didn't need George Hill to not play anymore. But Ooh, yeah. also, the Thunder have. I don't know if you heard about this. It happened a couple of years ago, but the Thunder made quite a move in taking all of the Clippers draft assets for the next 12,000 years um, yeah. so it feels unlikely that they would just let George Hill go if they think they could ring more out of the Clippers whatever there was to take um, I don't know what the Clippers have but I think it will be enough to get George Hill who once again fills a need of like is a competent grown yeah. adult who can run the point and hit a shot if you throw the ball to him like he's played in games that mattered before kind yeah. of um, and then didn't play in other games that did matter. But um, I think you could find like he's like he's a little shorter than Lonzo, but like yeah, he was, I think yeah, it, like he's worth a go. Like he's probably a better shot than, than DJ Augustine when he gets bought out from the Rockets. Oh, that's that. Yeah, he's not gonna have a good yeah. job um, wherever he goes. Yeah, to me, George Hill's value is you could if he got bought out right now, you could play like miss you could try and match him up with any of the contenders it'd be like yep philly would probably have him denver would have him portland would have him they're not a contender but you know um lakers wouldn't say no to him clippers definitely wouldn't say no so there's obviously some value in george hill there so yeah. it's weird that okc haven't been putting him out there any well not to the extent that i've heard about anyway i don't know if you've heard anything He's shooting 38.5% from three this year. I've just looked up, like, yeah. there you go. Like, that'll do. Like, that's as much as Lonzo, apparently. Like, Lonzo shooting 38, yeah, sure. shooting like 40 on spot ups. But, yeah. like, that's that's what you need. And it's like, people, like, I was thinking he's not great, but like, you're talking about which of the players that actual teams don't want will help me win an NBA finals game. Yeah. <laughs> None yeah. of them. It's a, so small, like, it's a small window. This is the whole thing yeah. with the buyout market. Every year people are like, oh, you know, these get, the contenders will be the front runners to pick up such and such on the buyout market or they can bolster up their reserves on the buyout market. It's like there's been exactly two good buyout players in the last four years and they both went to Philly and Philly got knocked out in the second round anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's just, oh. it, it's kind of a myth. Um, to the guy, it's like, who's going to run your bench for the eight minutes a game that you don't play your starters in the Western Conference Game 7 final? Yeah, like, exactly. But, yeah. yeah. Sh um, Shout out to Marvin Williams. Um, legend. Yeah. Um, he was meant to be good. I've got nothing else. If Yeah, I think, we, I think we basically covered anything. Have you got, have you got one trade that definitely won't happen, but would be cool if it did uh i don't what have you got um i don't i don't think this will happen oh can we get christian wood out of houston even though i don't think we that actually can christian wood was actually going to be my guy i was going to send ah. him send him cross texas to dallas and have him Just play get him out. i don't think you're legally allowed to but like i think you can now he signed in the um Signed in the off season, didn't he? And there was the yeah. the sure. barrier to that was in end of January at some point. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think it'll happen because if Houston had been sniffing around Aaron Gordon, 
they obviously think that they're doing something with the younger, although they were prepared to give two draft picks up to get Aaron Gordon, which is weird. Yeah. Um, no, like they got rid of James Harden and got Christian Wood back and won a couple of basketball games. So like yeah. that's, he, he's their best player. Like, yeah, that's keep true. Him. We haven't oh, talked um, about Victor Oladipo once, but yeah. I, don't, he, I don't think he helps any basketball teams from that. Um, like, I think he's holding out to get a max contract and he's going to get 15 a year next year rather than 30 yeah. something. So, is there anywhere that Oladipo works? Um, for the money he's on, I don't think so. No, He'd I be don't. Fine in somewhere like I don't know. Philly. I I wondered about Dallas for him, because I thought when Houston got him that they'd try and move him on again. I don't know why I'm coming up with many Houston Dallas swaps this time, but um, like Oladipo's a good player and was really good a few years ago, but is. Like Tim Hardaway's probably been Dallas's second or third best guy all year, and I'm not convinced Saladipo in his current form is better than Tim Hardaway, which sounds ridiculous no. to say. No, he just doesn't have the bounce anymore. He's just been really unlucky that his lower body has blown up. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it happens to a couple of guys every decade that it's like, oh man, this guy would have been great, and I'm glad that it hasn't impacted him so much he can't play basketball at all. But like, he's just like he's. He's holding out for a max contract, and it's it's a real shame. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, um, yeah. Oh, by the way, Tim Hardaway. I finally figured it out. Tim Hardaway is NBA Abdi. Okay, it you just, have one minute. Explain it, yourself. Wor- it works beautifully. It's ridiculous, okay. deliberate, slow release. People get he goes all, in anyway. Get no, all he's the way up. off. Yeah all the way up to contest his shot, like fingertips scraping the leather of the ball, and he's just not phased in anything. Yeah. That guy can shoot, man. It's my, fa- it's my favorite thing that there's so many complex elements to basketball, and occasionally you just have to be like, this guy can shoot. <laughs> That's it. Like he can, put, <laughs> he, can, he can put the 3D round thing in the 2D round thing. <laughs> I understand it's not 2D. Um, but yeah. yes. cool. On that, anyway, on that pearl of wisdom, us. we'll get out of here. All right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been a second episode of the Bench Units podcast. We'll be back next week with maybe a bit of wheelchair basketball, maybe more NBA. Yeah, potentially. We need to uh, work out what wheelchair stuff we're going to cover. We need to get some guests in, ideally. We do. So, I'll yeah. wrangle some guests in. Listen to the podcast. Um, head to our website if you have any questions. And yeah, let's keep getting our listening numbers up. Cheers to everyone who's stuck it out this far. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.